0: Hi, everyone. Uh, Thanks for coming out today. Um, We are going to be continuing the series we've been doing in the the Book of Luke. But um, if you don't know me, I'm Joe. I'm the youth lead here at Wellspring Church. So I get to do cool things like uh, go to movies and buffets with with the teens and go on trips and stuff. And it's really, really fun, really cool. Um, But I'm also a stay-at-home dad to two little boys. Those are my two sons. Parker and Avery, uh, Parker is four years old, Avery is eight months old, and they are a bunch of fun. And, and I'm going to be talking a lot about Parker because, you know, I, I he's older, so there's a lot more of his personality that's present than Avery, who just likes to smile and everything's hunky-dory until he's hungry. But anyway, um, so this is Parker, and Parker is... Um, Bit of a wild child. Uh, you can see him here standing on top of a jeep, uh, wielding an OBD2 reader for a car, wearing a motorcycle helmet, and um, d- doing something. I asked him to pose for the camera, and he, he did this. So awesome, great. Um, but he's he's a lot of fun. He's a lot of energy, and he's a lot. Um, so. What's really cool about Parker is that he's, he's four years old, so he's a sponge. He's learning and learning and learning and learning and learning. Every day he learns something new. Uh, at home, we have this thing called an Amazon Echo. And every day, without fail, I'm sorry if you're listening at home and your device is about to go off, but he says, Alexa, tell me about the animal of the day. And the Echo does this whole spiel about this, this new animal. So every single day, without fail, he learns about the animal of the day, and he's super excited about it. And then uh, he wants to tell me about it, even if I was just there listening to it with him. But, like, sometimes I'm busy, right? Sometimes um, he's super excited to tell me, and I'm like, you learned about an otter? Like, cool, cool story, bro. I, I got to get back to work, right? And I'm not always that cold with him, but, but sometimes it can, it can feel that way. And sometimes... Uh, I'm not as jazzed about learning stuff as as he is. And uh, if you've listened to me speak before, I've spoken about how I have ADHD, and sometimes it can take me a really long time to get focused on something. And when I do, right, I I can get stuff done, but when that concentration is broken, um, it, it, it can frustrate me. So sometimes when my son is doing something uh, a mundane thing that kids do, what they're supposed to do, uh, I can be set off by it. And that's not something I want to brag about, right? And maybe you have kids too. Maybe if you're a parent, you, you're not quite into what your kids are into. Maybe your kids are really into sports or, or video games or, or whatever, and you're just not into that. Maybe there's a YouTuber they like and they talk about that YouTuber all day. And uh, you're just like, oh, all right, cool, great. I'm going to do the dishes. Sometimes we regard our kids as obstacles to our goals rather than the reason we're achieving our goals in the first place. And I, I get it. I've been there. I, I, I was able to prepare this sermon because my wonderful wife, who is not here right now, um, was taking care of my kids and allowing me some time to be undisturbed to to write this sermon, but today we're going to be looking at uh, an interaction Jesus had with his disciples and with a bunch of kids, and uh, we're going to continue in, in Luke 18, but first, let's pray. Lord God, we thank you. You've given us your word, your scripture, that we can study it, we can dive in deep, and, and, and I pray that you would bring out the truths you want brought out today for everyone here. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 18, verse 15. "Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked, him, rebuked them. But Jesus called to them, saying, "Let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it." And that's, that's the message right there. We can all go home now. Great, yeah, cool, happy Sunday. No, um, we're gonna go in a little deeper to this and then bring out some of the, the, what's going on in the background here. So in verse 15, now they were bringing infants to hand that, they might touch, that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Now this occurrence is happening in Jesus's third year of ministry. He's actually towards the end of his time here On earth. He had been traveling for three years. The disciples had been with him for two, two and a half of those years, maybe even close to that three-year mark. And uh, he was on his way to his final journey to Jerusalem, where he would be accused, he would be tried, he would be killed, and praise God, he would rise again. So, Along the way, Jesus, his whole ministry was about teaching people about the kingdom of God, about doing miracles, healing people, uh, doing all these things, right? And that it gave him a little bit of fame, a little bit of notoriety, depending on what you thought of Jesus, right? But the people of Israel regarded Jesus as a well-respected rabbi. And as was customary of that day, when you had a child, much like we do child dedications here, right? You would bring your child to a rabbi so that rabbi could speak blessings over them, bless them on behalf of God. And that's what the the Jewish people were doing. They were bringing their children to Jesus so that Jesus could pray a blessing over the children. But the disciples saw this, right? And they they saw these kids being brought up, and they could have been infants all the way up to age like five or, or six. But the Disciples were like, hey, look, I love your baby, super cute. Uh, listen, we're trying to get a bunch of work done here. And, uh, you know, we got Jesus here. He's, he's the son of God. He's, he's, he's the promise for all mankind. Anyway, uh, we're doing important stuff, and your kids aren't really important. So uh, find another rabbi to bless your kids and uh, have a nice day. And that wasn't exactly a rebuke. But Jesus heard this. The disciples saying, hey, take your kids. You're causing a scene. We're trying to do this other important work right now. Your kids aren't as important as these other things we had to do. The disciples disregarded these kids. Verse 16, we're going to continue on. But Jesus called called them to him, saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for for to such belongs the kingdom of God. I want to take a little bit of a side journey, and I want to talk a little bit about studying Scripture, studying the Bible as it is. Uh, if you've read the Bible, if you're familiar with the Bible, we know we have the four Gospels that start off the New Testament. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John's a bit different from the other gospel, but Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the Synoptic Gospels, and that word synoptic is derived from Latin. And the word, the, the prefix sin meaning the same and optic meaning, wait, sin, I'm on stage, I have to do directions opposite from you guys. Sin, optic meaning see or sight or vision. So this word synoptic just means that these stories are told from different perspective or from the same perspective, but like, it's different. Anyway, um, these these stories are told from some sometimes different perspective. They have a lot of the same, Comment content, but it's different views on it. So, Matthew, Mark, Luke very similar in how they tell stories, but also they're, they're a little different too. Uh, so, by drawing on the story of Jesus from multiple perspectives, we can get a bigger picture of what's happening, what's going on in each of these scenes. Uh, I want to take a look at a famous work of art called A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Jatte," and this is. Uh, a work done by Georges Seurat in the 1800s in France. And um, if you were to ask 10 different people what was was happening in this picture, they would give you 10 different responses. Some might uh, look at uh, the coast and all the boats and people kayaking and, and stuff. Some people might address the people just lounging on the grass, enjoying the... Lake, river, whatever that is. Um, Some people might talk about the dogs. There's a creepy child, the only person staring directly at the artist in the whole painting. There's a monkey on a leash. Like 1800s France was wild, all right? But people are going to tell you different things about this story without encompassing the entire vision of what's there. And we can kind of see the same thing in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There are differences in how the stories are told, but they are ultimately describing the same story. So I want to show you these three stories in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, because the story is in all three of those Gospels. And Luke is at the top here. I know it's very hard to read. I'm going to read it for you. At the top here, we just read it. Now they were bringing even infants to him that he might touch them. And when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called called them to him saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Then we go on to Matthew. Matthew, same story, told a little differently. Then the children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. A little different. Mark happens to be really different, and um, I'll, I'll show you why. And they were bringing the children to him that he might touch them, and the disciples rebuked them. And I have it highlighted here. But when Jesus saw it, he was indignant and said to him, let the children come to me, do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. indignant. That word indignant is not something we, we use every day. We don't go on Facebook and say, I was indignant today. How are you feeling, indignant? Like That's, that's just not a commonly used word in our vocabulary. It means to get really miffed at something, right? Uh, it comes from this Greek word, or the Greek word in this text is something called, or a word called agonacteo. It means to be greatly afflicted, to be indignant, to be much sore or displeased to have be moved with indignation. What we see in Luke is Jesus saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. And then in Mark, we see Jesus saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Chihuahuas are great. Luke, Jesus, very happy. Mark, Jesus, indignant. He's mad. He's mad at the disciples. Like I said, this was two to three years into his ministry. The disciples had been with the Messiah, the Savior of the world, for at least two whole years, and they still weren't getting the picture. Never mind the Sermon on the Mount. Never mind our call to be servants of the least of these. The disciples weren't getting it. And Jesus lashes out at them and says, guys, you've pushed these kids aside. You've diminished their value. You've missed it. Let them come to me. Do everything you can to get those children to me. Don't you dare stop them. How often are kids an afterthought to us? The obstacle rather than the reason? How often is kids or youth ministry just another line item on the things we do at church? I made it super comfortable in here. Thanks for coming to church today, guys. I hope you're going to stay. Anyway, um, verse 17, we're going to continue on. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a small child shall not enter it. Or like a child shall not enter it. Truly I say to you, have you ever been in an argument and you think of like another thing to add on to the argument and you're like, oh, oh, by the way, oh, and now that I'm out of you, there's one more thing. If you don't be like these kids, you're not getting into the kingdom. But what is exactly... What exactly does Jesus mean by that? I don't know what exactly he means by that. But when I think of kids, I think of three qualities. The first of which being that kids are filled with wonder. When Parker, my son, he learns a new thing, he's amazed by it. He's mesmerized by it. And he can't wait to tell everyone he knows about it. Sometimes that's, that's the animal of the day that he just learned about. Let me tell you about this thing. Sometimes it's that his father gets a little gassy, and I can't win every battle, and I'm sorry. Um, but there's no filter. There is only exuberance for what he's learned. How would our lives be different if we had that reaction to the things of God, to the new thing that God was doing in our life, that, that we were so excited, so uh, enraptured by it that we couldn't help but tell everyone around us about how good God is. How would life be different? The next thing I think of when I think about kids is that kids are, are dependent on you. So uh, this word dependent isn't just a magic word that makes the IRS give us more money at tax time, right? Dependent, kids, they're actually two different words. They're Anyway, um, these, the word dependent, these kids depend on us so, 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 so much. I have two little ones that are with me or my wife 24 hours a day. They depend on us for everything. I don't send my kids to school yet. That'll, that'll come at a later time. But right now, they depend on us completely for shelter, for food, for, for entertainment, for socialization, for, for all these different things. Our kids are depending on on us and as parents we know our kids depend on us and sometimes we we worry about that right we worry if if we made the right decision did we talk to our kids in the right manner did we do the right thing are we gonna are we the reason that our kids are going to be in therapy later on I don't know. I hope not I hope I didn't make the wrong decision we can worry about all these things regarding our kids what do our kids do though do our kids worry Do our kids worry about what tomorrow might bring? Hopefully not. We kind of do all the worrying for them, right? But our kids, they're fully dependent on us. They trust us. They don't worry about tomorrow because they trust that tomorrow's going to be another great day. How would our lives be different if we depended on God like our kids depend on us? How would our lives be different if we trusted God enough to not worry about tomorrow would bring, but to focus on how he's gonna to make tomorrow amazing. The third thing I think of when I think of, of, of kids and, and what's great about kids is that kids are full of faith. I can tell my four-year-old that we're going to the zoo and we're gonna go see dinosaurs. Dinosaurs at the zoo, it's gonna be great. Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Actually, he's getting to the age where he's starting to question some of the stuff I say, which is, you know. But if he was like a two or three-year-old, right, he would be, yeah, on board. let's go see the dinosaurs. And he would get let down when there was no dinosaurs there. But he would, up to that point, he would believe me and it would be fact, right? My son can't read, he can't check facts. He can't go find original sources and cite them and say, no, father, dinosaurs are extinct. We're not going to see, like he, he can't do that. He can't fight because he's dependent on us and he has faith in that what I tell him is truth and will happen. The book of Hebrews tells us this. Now faith is the insur- assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. How would our lives be different if we practice the kind of faith our kids walk in Every single day. Now Jesus says that if you don't become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Is Jesus being a bouncer? Like is he, is he saying, no, you're not enough like a kid. Get out of here. No, he's not. What he's saying is if you don't have the faith In what God says, it's literally impossible for you to enter the kingdom. If you don't totally depend on God, you can't enter his kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? That can be a whole other sermon series, right? Is it heaven? Yes. It's also the body of his believers doing God's will on a day-to-day basis and thus creating a community of people who are acting with God's interests in mind. That is the kingdom of God. But if you don't believe in God, if you don't trust that God's gonna come through, if you don't have that kind of faith, it's impossible for you to enter the kingdom of God. Not that Jesus doesn't like you and he says, go away. It's, you can't enter without faith, without having the assurance that the kingdom of God actually exists, that you can participate in it, that we have an eternal destination with God in eternity. Jesus is saying it's literally impossible to enter the kingdom without faith. And that brings us to today's big idea, which is this. Kids naturally model faith. So we should endeavor to foster their relationship with God and emulate them. Kids, and and especially little kids, are, are great at acting in faith alone. Have you ever told your kid not to do something? like for their safety. You don't want them to get hurt. So please don't balance on top of your your play cabin with one leg because you could fall and, and break your neck, right? And your kid is like, nah, I'll be good, right? It's, it, is your kid trying to make your day awful? Is your kid try actively trying to make you worry more? No. They think the super cool trick they're going to do is going to... Come off without a hitch. They've never done gymnastics before, but man, this backflip is going to be amazing. Some call it naivete, but it's faith. It's believing without seeing, without any proof that what you believe will happen. That is faith, and that is something kids practice every day. Even when they're driving us crazy, even when... They're they're doing something that we deem super unsafe. It's not that the kid wants to get hurt, it's that they believe that what they want to do comes without consequence. And that's you know, bad or good, but it's faith, right? So this is my first challenge for you today. We got two challenges. This is the first one: learn to believe like a child believes. Be in awe of the things of God. Be like that little child. Get so excited about the things of God that you can't help but tell everyone around you what God has done for you, what he's teaching you, how bright your future looks because you follow Christ. Trust in God to work in every area of your life, whether it's work, whether it's relationships, finances, health, provision. Learn to depend on God. Walk with the faith of a naive four-year-old. Believe that God will come to your rescue. Believe that he'll make a way for you because he will. Our God is faithful and dependable. We can fully trust in him. We can have faith in him. If we learn to believe like a child believes in stuff, it brings us all the more closer to him. Maybe you're already doing this. Maybe you have faith to move mountains and work miracles and and, uh, deliver the gospel to people and people come to Christ, and that's, that's awesome. Then I have a challenge for you. Our second challenge is to help kids get to Jesus. Don't hinder them. Push them forward. Don't be the reason someone swears off church when they're an adult. Uh, Coming up is a video from uh, Rebecca Pinkova. She is our Well Kids lead. Uh, And she works behind the scenes every single week to make sure that the kids that are brought into this church have a place to go where they can learn about God on a level that's good for them on their terms. And they can have fun doing it. My son comes home every single week and is excited to tell me about the things he learned at Children's Church. He's singing the songs, he's reciting the Bible verses. He's amped about it and Rebecca helps make that possible. But I asked her to make a video about why she's so passionate, why it's important for her to do kids ministry and here's what she had to say.
1: Why is children's ministry important? I think about growing up in church and how I went every Sunday and I got to go to my own children's ministry and how I loved going to Sunday school, because it's where I saw my friends. It's where I heard incredible stories from the Bible. It's where I learned that Jesus loved me and wanted a relationship with me. And it's where I learned that church was more than just a building I went to every Sunday. It was a community of people that I belonged to. We say at Wellspring that we exist to ignite a craving for Jesus by relentlessly loving our community. And as a parent, I can't think of any better way to show love to my community or to know that my church loves me than by knowing that the kids that come to church are loved the way Jesus loves them, that they belong to, that they are part of the family. As a parent, it's important for me to raise up my children to know Jesus, but as a church, it's so important for us to raise up the next generation to understand what church and community and the family of Christ truly is.
0: I can relate to that video, because when I was growing up, I I had a bunch of people who poured into me, who prayed for me, who spent time with me to help me understand the things of God better, who brought me to where I am today. I would never be able to repay them. I would never be able to do something in kind from them. They poured into me because I was a teenager. And I carry on that work today and teenagers are, are 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 cool they're passionate about about who they are and what they do they're in the middle of this weird stage where they're transforming from being a child to being an adult and there's all these different things that are happening they're growing they're they're in the middle of puberty there there's hormonal changes their their brains are still developing to make rational decisions right we we can label teenagers as being impulsive sometimes or or making bad decisions but they're just act in faith, right? They're just, they're sure what they're going to do is going to happen, and they're living it. But a teenager's brain is still developing, so they have to balance, not only are these changes happening within them, but there are these social dynamics of, of, of the world they live in, right? If you're in middle school, last year it was pretty cool to wear sweatpants to school, and then you wake up one day and it's no longer cool to wear sweatpants. Ask me how I know It was cool to be a fan of the Power Rangers, but nobody likes the Power Rangers anymore. That's little kid stuff. You can't be watching that anymore. There's all these things happening, right? So you have to deal with the judgment of your peers, but also your brain's still developing. Also there's, there's these hormonal changes. It's, it's tough. So, so what do I do? I do my best to honor them. I help create a space where teenagers can come in here every week and just exist without fear of judgment. They can be themselves. I help them to understand the things of God because there's some pretty complicated things that happen in the Bible. There's some pretty dark or abstract concepts that that are in there, and I can help them understand it better. I get to build relationships with with teenagers who, who at times may feel unloved, At times who feel like they have nobody else. I get to show them the love that Jesus has shown me in kind. But why? Barna Group, a a nationally recognized research group, estimates that 80% of those who put their faith in Christ do so before the age of 18. 80%! will do so before the age of 18. And for those who are older than 18 and and are not yet professing faith in Christ, only 6% of those will come to Christ after the age of 18. It is incredibly important that we give the attention to kids and teenagers that Jesus wanted us to. Jesus saw the importance of drawing closer or drawing kids closer to him. I do too. And maybe maybe you do as well. So how, how can you help? Challenge number two, help kids get to Jesus. First way you can do this is by volunteering. Rebecca does an amazing job with kids ministry. She has a team of people under her and around her who are making sure that kids come in and come out and they're better than when they left. They know something more about God than when they entered into church that day. She has an amazing team, uh, but she's always looking for more help. Maybe that's a way you can contribute. And same with me. I work with teenagers, right? And I have a couple of people that work with me, and they're amazing, right? But I can't do this alone. I'm a nerdy white dude in his 30s, right? I don't know... What it's like to live as a teenage girl Landon coash, he's he's Pastor Jason's son. He loves telling me about about baseball and and the different pitchers and and their their stats and everything else. And I love to hear what Landon has to say about that because he's passionate about it. and I, I enjoy hearing what people are passionate about. but I can't relate with him on that, right? If he wanted, or if anyone wanted to talk to me about like, video games or what their favorite Dungeons and Dragons class is or uh, musicals or whatever, like that, that's my jam and we can, we can jive on that, right? But baseball, it's not my thing. I don't know what it's like to, to be a jock. I was never a jock in high school. I was, I was singing and dancing on stage. Not much has changed. Um, I don't have the lived experience of, of being a person of color here in America. I cannot relate to what that might feel like on a daily basis. I need help, too, from all sorts of people. So maybe you can volunteer. Second thing is to give of yourself. We have this endless growth value. Give of yourself. And uh, we have, um, if you go out and make a right, you'll see a little table there of all the post-it notes of all the school supplies we're collecting for people in this community. We wanna collect school supplies for kids, for parents who might not have the means to buy their kids school supplies this year. We get to be the love of Christ to those people. We get to solve a need and it's with your help, with you giving of yourself, we can attack that and we can show the love of Jesus to people in this community, to the kids, of this community. And finally, we have a, uh, a CKA coming up this weekend. Um, we have enough volunteers for it, but we're having a CKA in Castle Park. There's going to be fun, there's going to be exciting, there's going to be a, a Nintendo Switch given away, which for me, a nerd, is a big deal. Like, I would love to receive a Nintendo Switch myself. But um, someone's walking away with a Nintendo Switch. You can scan this QR code. If you don't know what a QR code is. Don't worry about it. But like you can take your camera out and you can scan the code and it'll bring you to the Facebook event for this. I would, I would invite you to invite someone, a family to this party because it's going to be a fun party and we're going to show the love of Jesus to the children of this community. Those are our three ways we can help kids get to Jesus here at Wellspring in Tom's River. We can volunteer, we can give of ourselves, we can invite people to the CKA. Let's invest in this next generation because they're not only the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. I have kids in my youth group who bring their friends from school. I would never be able to approach those teenagers and be like, hey, you wanna come to church? Like, a little creepy, right? But our kids, our teenagers, They can invite kids to church now. They can invite kids to events now. They can be the love of Jesus in their schools. They're not only the church of tomorrow. They're the church of today, and we should treat them as such. I'm going to close out here, so let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you saw importance in kids, in teenagers, in children that you saw importance in the next generation. So much so that you got miffed at the people who were closest to you because they didn't think that same thing. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to show the love of Jesus to kids and parents throughout Ocean County. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to give of ourselves. We're able to give our time, our talents, our resources, Lord, so that the love of Christ could be shown to kids and teenagers in this community. We thank you, Lord, that as we go about our day that you'll challenge us to get involved in the kid's life or, Lord, to be so much like a kid, to practice the faith that kids walk in every day so much so that our lives will be incredibly changed by learning what we can learn from our kids and in turn teaching them how to run to you. We thank you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen.